Hello and welcome to Mind Your Way. This is my podcast where I talk about everything to do with physical and mental health conditions and trying to raise awareness for those conditions. Today we're going to talk to my friend Lynn and she's going to tell us all about the conditions that she has and what she does to help herself. So let's get stuck in. Hi Lynn, thanks for joining us today. No problem, you're welcome. So, Lynn, like me, you suffer from both physical and mental conditions. Can you tell us a wee bit more about that? Yeah, so um, I have, well, I've been suffering from depression for about 10 years or so. Um, and I've got my chronic back pain, um, sciatica, and I've had that for as long as I can remember, really. Okay. And with your depression, are you on medication for that? Not currently. Um, I managed to get myself off the antidepressants that I was on. I was on 150 milligrams of venlafaxine, um, which is commonly known as Venser. Okay. Um, with the doctor's help and counselling, I was able to get myself off it. Okay. Yeah. How long were you on that medication for and how long did it take you to wean yourself off as well? It probably took about six months to get off it. Um, because you had to go from taking it every day to every other day to every two days and then come down to the next milligram, take it consistently for a few weeks and then do the same. Um, so probably I would say probably six to nine months in total to come off it. Um, I was on it for in various different levels for probably six maybe seven years okay and do you did you find that there was any side effects um or withdrawal symptoms whenever you were coming off it or do you feel like the way the doctors assisted you in weaning off it was was enough to to stop that yeah with the doctor help and the way that they did it it definitely curbed the side effects um i remember probably five or six years ago trying to go cold turkey mm-hmm. and it went so far wrong it wasn't even funny and scared me because there was a time or two where I may have thought very dark thoughts and considered doing something I would never have normally have thought of doing okay okay um and is that when you went back to the doctor and yeah. sought counseling then do you feel like the the doctor has given you enough support with your depression over the years my current doctor yes my previous no right okay and do you continue to see your doctor and counseling even though you're not on medication yeah okay that's good and what about with the, the physical side of things are you on medication for that? For my back, yes. Um, I've been on gabapentin um, for quite a while. Um, I'm on 100 milligrams three times a day. I was on 300 milligrams three times a day. Um, so I've managed to have that reduced as well. Um, and I'm on the 15 over 500 cocodamol, um and two... Two years ago, I was taken off the 30 over 500 because it wrecked my stomach. Okay, you are mentioning there your stomach. You have suffered from stomach conditions over the years. Do you feel mm-hmm. like that comes down to um, the medication that you've been on? Do you think that's caused it? In various guises, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, and again, with your, your physical side of things, do you feel like the support from your doctor? Do you see a pain management specialist or anything? I'm currently in the process of getting that set back up. Obviously, with COVID-19, it's put a, a bit of a pin in things because mm-hmm. um, I was meant to be going for an MRI this month. Yeah. Um, but that's obviously been put on hold um, until after this. So. Okay. Yeah. I, w- I was seeing a physio last year and that really helped. Well, that's good. Um, so moving on just from the, the medical side of things, tell me a wee bit about how um, your depression and even your physical side of things do actually affect your daily life. 
Um, well, the, with the physical side of it, I, I feel like I don't really, I can't really do as much as I would like to. Um, like I will, I can't get out and walk the dog as often as I need or want to. Um, especially when I'm in the middle of a flare-up, um, which I have been the past week and a half. Um, I used to be able to go for long walks, like. I used to walk the length of the Manse Road where Lagan College is with the dog. Now I don't think I could even get half that road. Okay. Um, and sleep. Ugh, good luck. Uh, five, the past couple of weeks, I am lucky if I've had five hours. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very difficult thing Um, trying to have a decent sleep. And obviously we know that when you don't sleep, your body doesn't, um, it doesn't sort of nourish itself and re, uh, regenerate. So you wake up feeling worse than you did the day before, and it just continues on like cycle. that. It really it's a vicious, is vicious cycle. Um, and obviously with the depression, my mind's working overtime, and I'm thinking about things I wouldn't or shouldn't normally be worrying about. Um. And it's just, it's, it's knock on. Do you find that um, your conditions affect your social life? Yeah. Would you like I to? I mean, I could, I, I could make plans with friends of my other half of mine. And as it runs up to the time, I'm, I'm getting him to cancel it. And do you, do they be supportive? Do you find that they are understanding I don't tell them the reason, like the real reason why, like most of Mark's friends don't realize that I have a mental health issue. They know about my back, but they don't know about my depression side of it. Um, only my sort of close friends on, on my side of the relationship um, know what's going on. Um, so I usually just tell them that my back's, I've hurt my back or my stomach's playing up or I'm just not feeling well okay do you want to maybe tell us why you feel like you can't tell them that some of them I feel like they maybe wouldn't understand okay um there's one um one girl Natalie who we met through another friend of Mark's um she she knows she she's going through something similar so me and her would talk about about that from time to time um so she she gets it I had to cancel I got Mark to cancel on her before all this um pandemic started um and I just apologized and explained to her that my my mental health's kicking my ass today yeah um and she totally got it you know um but there's a few others that wouldn't. Okay. And do you think that there's anything that's happened that would make you think that? Or do you think it might be in your head that you feel like you're constantly judged on a daily basis? Oh, yeah. Or having these conditions that makes you not want to just in case? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the fear of judgment. Like people, I don't think there's enough awareness and understanding of various different mental health issues whether it's depression or whether it's you know uh, or not 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 what's the word I'm looking for um anxiety yeah yeah that's the one um that people are understanding like some people turn around and go away it's just an excuse you know it's it's not real because they can't see it and unless you've been through it yourself I don't think you have that understanding of somebody that is going through it as well. Yeah, I would totally agree. And I definitely think we do sort of get into our own head as well. And we kind of judge people on the fact that we know that we have been judged so many times. So we look at them and go, yeah, I'm not telling them because they're not going to understand. So I'm going to hold this back. And and I think that actually makes us feel worse. And then we beat ourselves up more about not being able to do those things. And, and for sorry for interrupting. Um, for and and for the longest time before I got diagnosed, 
I had my head in the sand because my mum battled it and I was worried that I'd got it from her yeah. and I didn't want to be like her in that in that sense because I'd seen the way that she was with it yeah I definitely think um there is an element of it can be genetic um, mm-hmm. and I think we do look at our parents and think oh I don't want to to carry that gene on or I don't want to do this and and you do fight it and I think a lot of people do sort of um bury their head in the sands with it because mm-hmm. they don't want to admit it and I think that's part of the reason why I want to encourage awareness and even for the physical side of it as well you know the whole invisible illness because more and more people need to understand that this shouldn't be taboo we should be able to talk about it we should be able to open up and say do you know what I'm not feeling great today um my mental health is kicking my ass or my physical health is kicking my ass we shouldn't feel like we can't do that and I think that's it's also something we need to work on ourselves because if we don't do it if we don't open up about it well the people on the other side aren't going to actually be able to understand more because we're not sharing what it's like we're not talking about it yeah exactly and especially with losing a friend to a mental health disorder when was it 2012 he died he took his own life Mm -hmm. um it really made me decide to you know go and get help yeah um after you know seeing what he went through and that he didn't get that support and you know it it kind of made me wake up to the fact that I, I need help and other friends like you know yourself um sort of not nagging me but pushing in in that direction you know um, you do nag um especially with the back pain you know you you definitely nagged me to get seen (laughs) and to meet doctors and to encourage more help and and to take your medication when you're meant to and and rest when you're meant to and yeah yeah you just need sometimes I'm the one that's kicking your ass <laughs> support is the right word and pushed in the right direction yeah and I think that's the thing you know I've mentioned so many times how there was a time in my life that I probably wouldn't have got through if it hadn't have been for you because nobody else around me you know we've talked before about how yeah. there was a certain friend in my life who I relied on as as a very very big part of my life um mm-hmm. before you and I got back in touch and mm-hmm. And that particular person couldn't handle it for whatever reason, you know, that was that was theirs, um, their own whatever. But they couldn't understand why all of a sudden I was different and why this was worse than before. And and they're no longer part of my life because of that. And that's yeah. something that I beat myself up about for so long and and felt like I did something wrong there and I should have been a better person. And. And then the longer I realized was, no, actually, there's two sides there. There's one person who had been in my life consistently for quite a long time and couldn't get it. But there's somebody who I hadn't really been around for quite a few years and was right there by my side with me while I cried, blow dried my hair for me whenever I needed it and couldn't do it myself. You know, and I think sometimes people will get it and sometimes people won't. But I think we do have a duty to ourselves and to other people around us just to be open and honest about it and not hide away. You know, mm-hmm. I I definitely think that Northern Ireland and the UK as a whole are trying to get better with the whole mental health awareness. But I don't know about you, but I still don't agree um, that there is enough here for both adults and teenagers. I think we need more mental health support never mind the physical side but I think we need more mental health support in Northern Ireland and it's something that I really want to campaign with over the next couple of years is to encourage more support um and even if it's just building a community of people who can be there for each other and and build each other up um rather than 
I obviously don't want to dwell on the worst side of things um, and always being, oh, woe is me, or I'm having a crap day, you know, let's talk about the good things as well, which kind of brings me on to the next thing. I know you you have had so many different hobbies over the years, but tell me <laughs> what you're doing right now and um, what you do to actually give yourself something to perk you up. So many different hobbies is right. <laughs> um, flip me from bacon to... I don't know. Um, we'll just say loom bands and move on from that. Oh, like, loom bands. <laughs> yeah, we'll not talk about those. Um, well, at the minute, um, I started crocheting about five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, never really took it overly, overly seriously. Um, just made the odd blanket and stuff for colleagues that I worked with at the time who were expecting. Um, and the more I made, the more people were asking the better it got, the more we're asking. Um, so, yeah, I've kind of started a wee, I don't want to say business because not, it's not really that taken off yet. But, um, yeah, I've just been crocheting and, like, making blankets. I sent one over to the States for a friend of ours. Um, she's She still talks about it and her baby's just turned one. Um, and I've made one for a friend of ours who lives in the Republic of Ireland. It's going to be sent off the next couple of days um but yeah like it's it's just taken off really with friends and stuff um making hats for people and I want to branch out into making like pet toys like cat toys put catnip in it um and loofahs and face scrubbies I want to I want to branch out and do that sort of stuff but crochet is that's why I started crocheting um, because I'd read somewhere on on the internet that it was a good hobby for depression. Um, and that's to say that that that's why I started. Um, and it's just kind of really got into it and stuck with more than the rest. Um, also went through a phase of doing diamond art recently as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Amanda does a lot of. I think it's diamond art that she does. It's very cool. It's really therapeutic as well, except when you knock all of your bits of diamonds on the floor. Oh, yeah. Which I've done on many an occasion. Yeah. Well, we all know how many times I've dropped beads all over this floor and how even years yeah. after I had stopped for, for so long doing jewellery, we were still picking beads up off my floor that were just appearing from nowhere. Um, I mean, there's still bits of diamonds in this bedroom that I have. Like they even wind up in the bed somehow from months ago and I have no idea where they came from. But like I've done I've been in the beast one, I've did an up one, I've done a Marvel Avengers one, um, I've did Lilo and Stitch for my friend Angela's two little girls. Um Yeah, I've just I've did a lion one on a canvas from the range that I got. Awesome. Um I've a Disney princess one that I've still to finish. Um because I went back to my crochet <laughs> but yeah it's it's quite an inexpensive hobby as well people think diamond art is quite expensive but you can pick them up for like a couple of quid on Amazon like they're not that dear yeah the only downside is you end up with loads of pens and trays that you don't need because you get new ones with everyone ah uh, yeah I suppose I suppose that's one of the downsides to it um I think it's really important to have a hobby and just sort of segue in there into the whole current situation that we are in. I think it's very important for so many of us to actually have something to keep us totally. going because mm-hmm. the the lockdown that we're all in at the moment, it would be easy to really get lost in your mental health and for depression to get worse. And I know that helplines are ringing off the hook at the moment because mm-hmm. so many people need more support because they're stuck in. There's a lot of people who are completely on their own and have nobody to talk to um maybe don't see anybody for days on end because they're yeah. out and about so i think it is very very important to actually have a hobby like that whether it be crocheting whether it be diamond art whether it be jigsaws um whatever it is i think it is Baking. very important just to kind of lose yourself in something and yeah. kind of get out of your own head for a wee while i think it's it's a really, really good thing. I know whenever I'm sitting down and I'm making jewellery, I put something funny on to watch on the iPad or whatever. And 
and I could lose hours just sitting there um, making things. And I think it's it's a really, really good therapeutic thing. Um, even if you don't have a mental health condition, I think right now more than anything, um, and just thinking of your, your not having a business off it, right now is the perfect time to build that up. Get yourself more of a social media presence with your, your crocheting and make it a side hustle because let's face it, we all need that wee bit of extra cash at the best of times. But right now, yeah. even more so. Yeah, um, and just with that as well, like at the start of the month, my my work fur- furloughed me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember having a meltdown for, like a mental health meltdown for a couple of days because I was stressing over the reduction of the pay coming in and not being able to pay all the bills that I've been able to pay out and not having money for food. And then as a result of that, like I don't think I'd eaten properly for about two weeks um, because I was stressing about not having enough food in the house and making sure there was enough food for my other half who's diabetic, um, knowing that he need he needs to, con- you know, to eat constantly for his blood sugars and just, absolutely I think I stayed in bed for three or four days yeah and I think even with that going back to that that's something that you didn't even speak to me about you know you didn't talk about how it really knocked the stuffing out of you it's only this week that you've even sort of talked about any of that and I think I'm too embarrassed again it goes back to the whole we shouldn't feel embarrassed about this and especially Mm -hmm. when it is people that understand we should um, be able to go to them and say look can you can you have a quick chat here about this here I'm feeling rubbish and I think it's nice to um, to have a somebody um, you know like the way with not that I'm, I'm comparing us but you know with Alcoholics Anonymous you have a sponsor yeah you know, I think it's kind of a nice idea if you have somebody um that you can contact if you're having a really low time you know if there's something really good idea um and I think that's some something more of us could think about is to have that one person that you know that if you get really really low you can confide in them if you're too embarrassed to talk to anybody else if you don't feel like you can you know maybe that's something that that should be looked into um I think my embarrassment came from after the dust had settled and I had actually went through everything and went, right, well, I can cut that money out for, like, you know, the wedding fund. It's it's not the end of the world. This payment can be put away. That one can be stopped. Actually, we're okay. Yeah. I was, I was more embarrassed the fact that I had gone not to 90 when there's worse things, there's worse people off. There's friends of mine, you know, who like yourself who who are self-employed or whose employers just let them go who don't have any anything coming in and for me to go not to 90 and and sort of go well hang on I still have money coming in it's 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 not a complete zero um was where my embarrassment came from yeah but I think that's the thing with having you haven't really touched on it but you do very clearly have anxiety um Mm -hmm. and I think that's one of the the things about anxiety is you don't really rationally think about things right away you go from not to 90 and think about Mm -hmm. the worst case scenario right away oh yeah and then it's only after the fact that you sit down and go well I could do this 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 and this and actually it might be okay um Mm -hmm. and that is something you know that we do need to work on in ourselves to encourage our anxiety um, to be in a better place is to try and be more mindful of not going to not the 90, you know, sit down and think about things. Um, but again, it's also good if you do that with someone else. So say your partner sit down and go, right, this is happening. Let's talk this through. You know, it's something that you kind of have to, specifically do you know you have to actively work on your brain to to work differently um Mm -hmm. to not go to that 90 right away um but it's not surprising I mean more and more people are getting to that stage I read a thing just yesterday that I think it was five million more people in America 
had filed for unemployment yesterday. So you can imagine that you're not alone there. You know, there's going to be so mm-hmm. many more people who have just gone not the 90 um, with their worrying about everything, where they're going to get their next meal from. And I think it's a very... Um, um, I can't even think of the word that I'm trying to say. Admirable thing that rather than just thinking about yourself in that, you were thinking about my partner needs fed more than I do. I think that's yeah. very admirable. So that's something you can pat yourself on the back for. <laughs> um, again, with the whole um, current situation, how are you with your physical side of things? We've focused a lot on the mental side of things, but how do you feel like? Are you getting exercise at all or do you feel like you're seizing up more and starting to be in more and more pain because you're not getting out? I've been forcing myself to get out um, more than I normally would. Uh, like Mark and I went out on the, the bikes the other the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, killed me when I got back, but, you know, we, we did it. You know, I don't even know where we went. What we what we went out somewhere on the bikes just for a cycle. Um I've been taking rumble out, you know, up and down the walkway, the at the back of our house there, just that first section. Um, because going any further is scaring the life out of me at the minute with cyclists and people just not as 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 we've talked about before, just people just not being considerate. Yeah. Um it's when when you're out and about. Yeah, it's a very it's a very anxiety-inducing experience to walk uh, anywhere now, but, I mean, that walkway that we both share whenever we're out walking, um, I used to love walking along there, and now, whenever I'm I'm out, it is actually a real task for me to go on to it, unless I'm going out later in the evening or very first mm-hmm. thing in the morning, because so many people, just yesterday I was walking along, and a guy, there was a couple of teenagers who I know don't live together but they were out cycling together um one of them actually brushed against me he was that close Jeez. I couldn't help myself I I was on the phone to my mom and I I just shouted are you actually serious he stopped his bike and he turned and sort of looked at me and I didn't engage any further in it I was just I, I said to my mom I can't believe that like that guy actually brushed arms with me as he cycled past um I definitely think that experiences like that make our anxiety about the whole thing worse and um, it, it's not worth it. If we can possibly walk somewhere that there isn't as many people about, I think it's much better for us. Um, and I'm obviously worried the fact that Mark is diabetic, he's type 1. You know, it's an autoimmune disease, which until I met him and understood the condition, I had no idea that diabetes was autoimmune. Yeah. Um personally I'm asthmatic um obviously not as bad as other people you know I have it's gotten less over the years but it's still there like I still get the odd asthma attack every now and again but I take my inhalers every day so I make sure that I don't have the attacks because they are scary as um and because of that I think my anxiety has gotten worse because I am terrified of leaving the house of bumping into somebody or you know that possibly might have it and not know bringing that back into my house and my fiance getting it yeah I think that's the thing you know it is very much the unknown side of it we have to rely on people around us being careful and doing the right thing which we know that a lot of people aren't so it makes it even scarier, you know, obviously, you know, yourself, um, my sister and brother-in-law have just spent the worst three weeks of their life being very, very ill. And the two of them were very careful, did everything right, but yet have still managed Max. to end up with it. And, you know, they're very lucky that they've come out the other end and are getting better. Um, and it was a very scary experience because Brian in particular has um his asthma is so severe he's been in hospital quite a few times over the years and he would have scarring on his lungs and stuff from that and it it was terrifying because we actually did think we were going to lose them and and I think so many people out there are thinking about their loved ones and thinking about how 
if they go out and do this they could bring it home and I mean for myself I'm going around to walk my mother-in-law's dog every night it's literally the only thing I get to do um that's anyway normal in my life and it's because she's been housebound for years you know she can't get out and do it and I also I deal with her medication so I still have to go around and do that as well and it terrifies me every time I'm walking in the door I'm sanitizing my hands before I even go in I sanitize my hands um once I get in I spray down everything because she has carers coming in and out as well and mm-hmm. you know I'm constantly scrubbing her banisters her everything that the carers touch and um and then whenever I am like, with her condition as well pardon especially with her condition as well exactly with her having cancer it just makes everything even more scary because the reality is she probably wouldn't make it through it because her body is so weak um so it just makes it so terrifying I mean it used to be before I left her house I would have given her a kiss on the head told her I loved her and walked out the door now I'm telling her from the hall love you that's me away and and it, it is kind of sad because I'm not able to spend as much time with her as I normally would. And and it is, as you and I both chatted about before, it's kind of, it's almost reassuring that she is sort of in her own wee bubble with her dementia, that she doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah. Um, as sad as it is most of the time for her to have dementia, um, it's it's a blessing in disguise right now for her. Um, but going back to the trying to get exercise you know we have been given the the allowance of going out to do exercise once a day and I think it actually makes people worse because so many people are out and about doing it and I think as much as it's lovely that we have such beautiful weather right now it is making it worse I think it would almost be better if this was happening when the weather was really bad because people wouldn't want to go out people wouldn't want to be walking along these walkways and I actually think it would make this all go away much quicker if it had think, happened in the dead of winter. I think as well, what really shocked me is that obviously, you know, we're being told stay indoors, stay safe, mm-hmm. you know, protect the NHS. And yet we're hearing reports of 107 plus fines being handed out over the Easter weekend because people couldn't do what they're being asked and are going to these you know beach locations and having like get-togethers gatherings barbecues you know uh, and un- unnecessary trips yeah and yes. it's only going to make this last longer it's only going to have more of an increase in people passing away and that that normally wouldn't have passed away at this at this time yeah. you know it's, it's it's scaring me to the fact that i just don't want to leave my house yeah and I think that's happening for a lot of people and that's making more and more people's health worse because they don't want to leave the house to do anything and they are sort of wrapping themselves in this wee bubble of I'm just going to stay here I'm just going to do this and it doesn't help it doesn't help to shut yourself away but it also doesn't help to go out either you know we we need to it really is we need to find some sort of happy medium but the problem is the more and more people who are making silly mistakes um silly decisions not even mistakes because they know what they're doing um you know the harder this is going to be for us and I know we've been told that we've been given another three weeks of lockdown but in reality after that three weeks I don't think it's going to be lifted yet I think we'll have a further few weeks yeah Um, And I know I have more and more people asking when we're going to be back to work because, I mean, my job, people look at me, you know, I get called a nail technician, I get called a beautician, but really my job is a lot more than that. You know, people come to me and they talk about their mental health, they talk about their physical health. I mean, I've had some amazing experiences over the years, Um, even just this year, the amount of people who've really opened up to me and and find it really cathartic to sit and chat to me about their life and um I had one woman talk to me about her her life and how she'd planned suicide and and all of this a few years ago and it was the first time I'd ever met her and at the end she says you know I've never told anybody else but my husband what I've just told you and you are so easy to talk to and I think that's one of the reasons why we've been friends for so long as well and when 
when we first met, like I know we were what eighteen, mm-hmm. and I, I, I've always found you really easy to talk to because you're, you're a good listener. Well, not you know, you're a great listener. You know, you always tell it how it is. You, you know, you don't mince your words, and I've always found that very reassuring, safe. And I know I've told you stuff that nobody knows. Um, not even Mark, some of the stuff. Um, and that's because I like I know I'm gonna get upset. Now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll interrupt you then while you're getting upset yeah. and go back to what I was saying. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, I do enjoy um being able to be there for people. It's it's something that makes me feel better. Um, especially because. I didn't have a lot of support over the years, you know. Um, it makes me feel better that I know I can be there for other people. But in that, you know, with my job, um, it is hard then because I know the world over, there's so many um, beauty salons and and things that are, are more than just the outer beauty. You know, they're there to help people's mental health as well. Um, we make people feel better. And a lot of those people, we were the only ones that were there for them. And I know I've had a lot of clients already asking when we're going to reopen. And I would love to say that it's soon, but I actually yeah. don't think that salons um, will be open until at least July because we're sitting in such close proximity to people that I would be very surprised if they allowed people to to be around each other that quickly. Um, you know, in, in that close proximity, I mean, I'm literally holding people's hands or faces you know or you imagine right now holding their face where we know that around your mouth and stuff um you know i i definitely don't think that beauty salons will be a thing that is opened anytime soon which is quite sad. Uh, yeah i don't think they'll be open this side of the summer no. unfortunately and you know, to, to, not to make light of it, but, you know, a friend of mine was like, I can see there being a lot of divorces at the end of this when husbands actually see what their wives genuinely look like. <laughs> yeah, all that Botox and all of that stuff. Sort of <laughs> away. And yeah, I definitely, yeah. definitely think some people will be very surprised to see what their, their partners really do look like whenever all of that disappears. And all those yeah. people whose who's natural blonde hair all of a sudden isn't blonde anymore. Um, I know, they're their dark hair um but yeah no I mean I think think we do definitely need a lot more support than online if we're not able to be there for people in person so it's kind of nice to to be able to chat to people um and I think social media is a really good tool for the most part um right now I definitely think it's fantastic because more and more people are getting in touch and chatting um where they maybe wouldn't have done it just as much uh before um that's that's included yeah yeah I think for many friendships you know it doesn't matter how close you are I mean you spend a lot of time just working and being busy and and you get out of the way of things you know you and I went from seeing each other quite a lot to rarely ever seeing each other um and I think now this whole situation kind of makes you realize just just how much you do need to be more present but that was life getting in the way you know that was you were working you know all the hours god send I was working you know yeah that's it constantly and life does have a wonderful way of just passing you by while you're you're just trying to get through day by day but I think this whole current lockdown and not being able to be around people makes you realize that you do need to make more of an effort you know I think we we say life gets in the way it's it's more of an excuse than a real reason yeah. um, mm-hmm. it's easy for me to just come home at the end of a long day go and walk Toby and then come straight back around here and sit on my backside and not go and see anybody when you know I mean especially for us we should be walking the dogs together yeah that's something that we share we've shared for a long long time Um, oh yeah and I think so many friendships should be doing that you know I was talking to somebody recently who for so long I would have maybe met for coffee once every either four to six weeks and I haven't seen her in I think it's over a year now and Uh it's so easy 
um to get out of the way of actually being around people and and being there for each other and um I think that's something that that this is really teaching me is that I did lose myself socially um because my job is so social that I just let that be my social life and I came home and I locked myself away I mean you and I have discussed it a few times how I there was a whole year where my mental health got so bad and all I did was go to work and go home and and it was easy for me to to say it's okay I'm getting to chat to people because I'm at work but mm-hmm. you do need your friends you do need that support from um the people around you and you know it's something that I think more and more people will focus on now that they're taking a step back it's like our life has sort of been frozen and we have time to you know how we talk about the whole life is a is a merry-go-round and you can't stop it and get off I almost Mm -hmm. feel like right now you know the mechanics are in they're they're working on it and we're able to sort of step back and look at this crazy merry-go-round that we are on and see what we can change and see what needs to change um and I think it's something especially for mental health I think we need to do more to to help ourselves get out of our own head um and that's something that I'm really really trying to do um like I'm trying to give myself a routine every day you know I'm sitting down I'm talking to clients I'm selling products and um it may only be one a day but you know, even if I sit down at a laptop, I, f- I feel like I'm working. I feel like I'm doing something. Um, That's what I'm not doing. I've let my my mental health has taken control this, this past fortnight. Yeah. Um, I need to regain that control. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's something that, um, you know, I, th- I think a lot of people do need to work on. Um, but even just that first step of saying, I need to do this is a step in the right direction. So look at different things. I mean, one thing um, I've started trying to do is post daily on my Instagram, something positive. And I lifted out my happiness planner. And yeah, I've seen that. It's a really good thing. I also have from the Eddie Bitty Book Company, the Gratitude Challenge um, or the Gratitude Journal, where you write down three different things a day that you're grateful for. And it's a really nice thing um, to try and be more positive um to try and encourage yourself to look at the good things you've got so if I step back and say three things that I'm grateful for today well one of them would be Thomas is off for a few days so it's really nice to know that he is here at home with me Uh Um, I'm grateful for having the ability to sit down and talk to you and um, Uh share this experience I'm also grateful for having a garden to let the cats potter about in and sit and watch them playing you know, right away, there's three things that I can be grateful for. So I think it's something that can be really cathartic for you and really positive to sit down and just jot that down, whether it be at the start of the day or whether at the end of the day, I think a journal is something that's really, really good for your mental health. Just write down how you're feeling, write down what's going on in your head and write down three things that you're grateful for. Um, I must actually share the itty bitty book company gratitude journals um in my posts because they're really really fantastic thing I've done them a couple of times and try and adapt them to my daily life then because Mm. it's something that's really encouraging yeah um I think for me personally as well is I've done so much work in getting myself off the medication and I'm nothing against it it's a great tool you know, to have to, to help get you on the road to recovery and, and taking control of your mental health, um, whether it be depression, anxiety, because I've done so much hard work and in, in, in getting myself back mm-hmm. to where I used to be, like the type of person I, I used to, you know yourself, I used to be so social, so chatty to people. And, you know, I would have talked, a leg off a stool you know um for his now I, I I just shy away I just I don't really talk to anyone that I don't know and haven't met before and yeah I just don't you know and I, I don't want to be 
where I was over a year ago. Like I, I don't want to end up going on a, on a downward spiral again. I want to stay, you know, where I am with with everything. And um, I'm really, really thankful that I have a very good doctor in in the surgery that I'm with now. That he he will listen and he will take everything on board and. You know, he, he's willing to try different things and um, it, it's, it's so much better than, than the surgery I was in before yeah. where I might as well have been talking to the wall. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's something you also need to take into consideration that, yes, it's great to get yourself to a place where you're not on medication. But in reality, not everybody gets that opportunity to totally no. come off medication. And some people do have to be on it for life. Yeah. And I think that's something we need to learn to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. We do need something in our lives forever. You know, if you had a heart condition and had to take medication every day for life, you would do that. And yeah, sometimes that's okay. But you do, I think with mental health, even the medication aside, I think it's something that you continually need to work on. And I think once we get off the medication, sometimes we think, right, well, that's me okay now. And you mm-hmm. do you end up in a downward spiral because you stop working yeah. on yourself and you stop yeah. you stop actively trying to be in a better place because you think, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'm fine now. And as you said, you know, with the Alcoholics Anonymous previously, you know, it's like, just because an alcoholic stopped drinking does not mean they're not an alcoholic anymore. Exactly. You know, there's and the same with gambling or, you know, any other form of addiction, you know, just because they've they've managed to to stop what they've been doing for a period of time, it yeah. doesn't mean that they're not that person. Just, you know, and with the mental health aspect, there always has been and I don't know if there always will be, but there always has been that negative stigma of the antidepressants. Mm-hmm. And because you need an antidepressant, you know, it's it's looked down on. Yeah. Um, and that you're weak. Yeah. Which, I, that's one of the reasons why it took me so long to get help was because of that. Um, and... It's not a bad thing. Like, yes, we we all need that little bit of of help, that little bit of a stepping stone to get back to where you know to where we we feel we, we should be, you know, a hundred percent. Yeah. But it it's always gonna be an uphill climb. It's always gonna be peaks and troughs and struggles and medication and off medication and counselling and you yeah. know it, like to use um. Amber Portwood, for example, off the Team Mum show in, in the UK. I mean, she's been in the media recently for her mental health and what she did to her ex-partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's trying her best to, to sort of make it, a, to turn it to a positive rather than a negative. Yeah. yeah. You know, she's trying to raise that awareness for, she's got bipolar Mm-hmm. Um, borderline multiple personality I think as well she has um, and she's trying to get you know she's actively getting her her, her help um, but it just shows you that we all have that slip up every so often just unfortunately hers was more public than the rest of us yeah. but um, you know it's it, it, it's crazy and I'm personally trying to do my best what I can do to make sure that I don't end up where I was five years ago yeah six years ago yeah and I think it definitely is something that that we need more is awareness of medications not being the enemy I mean yeah I know somebody in particular at the moment who um is now on medication but when we first talked about it um she didn't want to take medication because she felt that that would make her um, a crazy person or it was fake happiness. It wasn't real. And, you know, it took a long time for them to sort of get their head around the fact that actually, no, it just encourages your own serotonin levels. It's, it isn't fake happiness. It doesn't actually give you happiness. It just gives you the ability to um, process things better in your life. Um, 
And I think it is something that more and more people need to do is to get their head around the fact that some people will just be on medication for life and and maybe rather than the coming off it and thinking that you're okay, you know, some people mm-hmm. will just have such a severe um depression or bipolar or you know multiple personalities or whatever that they do need medication every day for life um well that's 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 where that's the point i was trying to make like you know there is very very (laughs) various i can almost talk um different levels of the mental health spectrum like people i don't think have enough understanding and awareness of the different scale um you know from mild anxiety to you know the crippling to the point that you can't leave your house um and I don't as you as you were saying about the medication there like people don't understand the way that the antidepressants work that you know that they do level out as you said you know the the natural serotonin in your brain to to try and sort of get you back on an even keel it's not it, it's not the fake happiness as people as, as people say um coming from experience um and it, it 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 will take people talking about it and not feeling ashamed and not feeling like they're gonna be judged and I'm thankful that I have you and a couple of other good friends that I can turn to um and very thankful I've got such a supportive other half yeah um that I I know I'm not going to spiral into that heavy dark place again yeah yeah I think it's definitely something we do need to be grateful of is the people around us that do understand and do support us um but yeah so we have talked for 50 minutes now um or just slightly more so I want to say thank you so much for opening up because this has been an amazing chat um (laughs) and I hope that us opening up about this sort of stuff does actually help other people and I think that it's something that more and more people do need to do is to let other people in and sort of see that um it's not such a taboo thing um we should be okay to talk about it yeah but i will say thank you and goodbye and thank you to everybody listening to mind your way and i will speak to you all in the next episode